It's the Who's On First baseball show with the coach, Carl DeMasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. The fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Talking all things baseball on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. And here we are, the coach and the baseball fanatic. And what's up, sports fans, and welcome to the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast, Episode 7, Season 5. We're stepping up to the plate. Of course, it's the coach, Carl Damasi, football fanatic, Kyle Lawson, and it's the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast, and it's brought to you by no other than the Coach's Corner Sports Network. It's Monday night. Correct that. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm like you, buddy. I, I'm 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 at a train wreck. It's Wednesday night, May 8, <laughs> 2022. We're back on the air. We've had a couple of little hitches and glitches, but we're back here to talk more baseball with you. Remember, we play four innings. First inning, we go and we talk about the major league divisions. We got something different tonight for you. Second inning, we'll talk, of course, about the shrinking Braves who can't seem to win at the end again. We're going back to last year. Uh, don't panic yet. And then third inning, we got a special guest. We're talking banana baseball with the man himself. Six years behind the mic. I think this is year number seven. But we're talking to Mark Edis, the shark of the Savannah Bananas. And then they'll wrap it up with trivia. Uh, You know, he took the lead last week. The baseball fanatic won. He's got three wins. I got two. We got one tie. And we'll do trivia game number seven in a couple of innings, I would say. All right. (laughs) Baseball fanatic, it's been been a long week. uh, And a lot of teams are choking or going the other way so instead of talking about the top teams let's look at each division and i'm going to throw a team at you and i know we're six seven weeks into the season right i mean let let, let me get the exact total here we're about the 36th 40th game of the season is yeah getting there is is the fan base gonna panic or they don't need to panic all right so let's talk like we always do Let's in the ju- junior circuit in the American League East, <laughs> I'm going to ask you the one team that's my biggest surprise. Do the Boston Red Sox fans panic or don't panic? I have not seen a power adage at the plate like this for the Red Sox, and you know that team is absolutely stacked with guys that can hit. They've been decimated by injuries with pitching. But when you think your offense is going to carry you, the guys like, you know, Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts have not been able to live up to it. I still think they could come around. I think it's far too early, 40 games in, to panic. But they better get to work fast because that is one of the toughest and most competitive divisions in all of baseball. And, of course, you got one New York team in the American League on top, and then we got the other New York team in the other league on top. So we'll get that to the second. But the Yankees got the best baseball direct best record in baseball so far this year. Lord, All right. AL Central. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody. I mean, <laughs> this. I don't think there's anybody else besides Minnesota and Chicago right now. I mean, Cle- yeah. Cleveland's uh, hanging in there. I would say, do we need to panic? <laughs> I don't know. You pick somebody that's going to panic. And I can't pick anybody. Well, I think the biggest thing just from, you know, looking at it is, you know, if you're a White Sox fan, um, This team was expected to run away and hide with the division. Minnesota got off to a great start. The Sox are finally back to 500 right now, even though they lost last night. But, I mean, there is still trouble abound within that rotation right now. And 
and it's crazy because you look at dominant pitchers within that rotation. And um, I mean, Dallas Keuchel, I mean, he had an okay start the other day, but this is their chance to go go for it. I'd be panicking if I'm a White Sox fan a little bit right now. I still think they're going to find a way to win. I know it's early, but yeah, panic flags on the south side are out right now. And trust me, listening to Chicago radio every day, I can hear it. All right, so we're talking about the Chicago White Sox. They're right there. They're, they're panicking. Tony La Russa, I don't care if he panics, but whatever. We'll go to another. <laughs> we'll go, we're going to go out to the AL West. Houston, you don't have enough time to have that conversation. I got you. Houston and the LA Angels are back and forth <laughs> with each other. I don't know, though. I mean, Seattle was hot there for a while. I want to ask you, should Seattle, Oakland, or te- Texas, out of those three teams, should they be panicking or just let it flow because it's still too early? Well, honestly, I mean, Oakland, I mean, they basically got gutted again. And Texas, uh, they're a middling team right now. The only team I think that should be really concerned right now is the Mariners, who got off to a good start. They go out and they get a great pitcher in Robbie Ray, who had some good time with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, uh, yeah, they just have not been able to get it done. I mean, you look at it right now um, – they're still, you know, over five games out right now. And um, really Houston and the Angels are trying to make a run at it right now. They're the only two teams that are really holding serve. And- well, you know, uh, I got I got to go, you know, it's it's going to be a dog fight. I thought Oakland would be a little better. But like you said, they they had a fire sale. The curse of oh, Char- Charlie you- Finley. The curse yeah. of Charlie Finley still there. Seattle. <laughs> Seattle might be the one that we might uh, would have to the fan base would have to be panicking a little, but I think it's like it's still too early. You know, Houston and uh, LA are going to go at it all year long, and Texas might be able to sneak in there, but we got to see what happens. Okay, with expanded playoffs, you never know. Right, expanded playoffs too. I forgot about that one. Okay, let's stay out there in the West. Let's go to the NL West. Uh, You know, the Dodgers, the uh, Padres, the San Francisco uh, Giants—they're all fighting. I mean, they're within two games. I mean, we were, we were happy about Colorado last week. Next thing you know, they take a nosedive. They go 2-8 and eight over the last 10 games. If I'm a Rockies fan, I'm panicking. Yeah, I'm uh, honestly, I'm not surprised to see either Colorado or Arizona start to come back to earth a little bit right there. They got out to jackrabbit starts. Colorado, of course, went out there and made their big moves in the offseason. But you look at the three-headed monster that exists in San Diego, L.A., and San Francisco, and man, the Giants had a crazy good last 10 days. They're 8-2. and two. They're only two games back. The Padres are only a game back right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of panic. I just see a lot of return to normalcy in that division. Right. Yeah, well, I, I thought I thought the Colorado fans were really hype, and they really thought they were going to have something good, and uh, it just turned the other way, I mean, from what we talked it about went last quick. week. Right. All it right, went let's very go to- quick. Yep. Your be- beloved NL Central, I mean, the Cubbies, they're, they're finding some life. I don't think the Cubs should panic. The Cubby fans should panic. I mean, they, they didn't panic from 1948 until they finally won a World Series. So I don't oh, think 45. the Cubby fans, well, whatever it is, but they shouldn't <laughs> panic. They shouldn't panic. No, you know, I don't have a ton of expectations for other than um, – Really, I mean, you know the Pirates were going to come back to earth a little bit, you know, and uh, the Cubbies are taking them on right now, trying to finish off a three-game set. That team cannot hit. The Reds are historically bad. The Brew Crew can easily run away and hide. I don't have any expectations for 
my hometown nine, to be honest with you right now. I'm just kind of enjoying the show. Um, but there is the threat within the organization of doing another move. You got rid of all the pieces of that 2016 World Championship team, with the exception of Jason Hayward because of his contract, and Wilson Contreras. He's a power-hitting catcher, but he's 30. Will they keep him? Will they trade him? He's off to a career year. That's the only panic I have is are they going to take the nosedive or are they going to try to keep this together and have a scrappy young group of guys that want to win? I don't know. It's too early. I still think the Brew Crew are miles away from any other team in that division. Oh, they did it to the Braves again today. All right. Oh. Let's go to the NL, NL East. All right. There's only there's two teams in that division that are panicking. Their fan bases are panicking. It's you know the it. Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals. And you, th- you think Mr. Soto and Mr. Uh, Harper might be on a trading block if uh, Washington is not going to go anywhere? Well, I mean, Harper, I mean, I don't think they – Philadelphia owes him way too much money. I'll lead with that. Second of all, Juan Soto with his rookie deal, if they feel like they want to blow this thing up, that seems way more likely in every report that I've read from MLB and every other outlet today. It hadn't dawned on me, you know, really until this last week or two. But, I mean, if they are that far away from contending and they want to just go get a war chest of prospects, now would be the time to do it. Yep. All right. So there you have panic or don't panic. All right. Quickly, last segment of uh, breaking down the uh, National League and the American League divisions. <clears throat> New York. The better baseball town right now, or is LA the better baseball town right now? It's pretty close. And I mean, of course, I'm gonna go out west a little bit right now, just because Houston has been on a red hot streak and they're eight and two right now. And they actually have a game lead over the Angels, you know, have lost the last two right now. I mean, it's pretty hard to, you know, go against your hometown right now, Carl. I mean, with the Mets absolutely getting off to a great start. They've been middling the last 10 days, but they got a six-game lead. The Yankees have the best game in baseball. And, I mean, as frustrating it is for, I don't know, the rest of the country, but uh, it's good theater when both New York teams are good. Yeah, I know. I don't know where this Nesta guy came from, but he's doing a heck of a job for the Yankees. Yeah, went close, to, uh, almost had a no-no. and um, But, yeah, he continues to go and give them depth, especially when they have really powerful arms you know, out with injuries right now. And, I mean, when they're back to full strength, it's going to be a problem for the rest of that division. I hear you. All right. So that's inning number one in the books. Around the horn, panic or don't panic. Once again, we know the Braves fans are panicking. Just take it easy. We're only 40 games in, roughly about 40 games in. So take it easy. All right. So, uh, once again, this is sponsored and presented by, of course, Coach's Corner. All sports, all music, all food, all fun since 1991. And coming up this Saturday night in the Sound Garden, we got Harvest Moon. All right, guess guess what tribute band that is there, buddy? Oh, that's a little Neil Young action right there. That's a good time. Crosby, Steals, Nash & Young. Yeah, it's one of the, one oh, of the better groups it. that come into the Sound Garden. Get your tickets. Go to Eventbrite. Starts at 7 p.m. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Tickets are 25 to 35 bucks. Eventbrite. And remember... You love you love Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. You're gonna love this tribute band because they're out of this world. Very good, very talented. Right. Five shows on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Of course, uh, at six o'clock tonight, Wednesday night, we had Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Bandit Bane and the producer Lawrence Bennett do a great job. They rub about car racing and they grub food off of John Henderson. 
Check it out. NASCAR show. Best ever. Go to YouTube. Go to Facebook. Coach's Corner. You can hear the show. Then, of course, yours truly on Saturday from 9 to about 1030 to call Demasi Sportsport. And then, of course, once a year, the other live show, the 19th hole with the Herb Brothers from the Masters, Augusta National. Well, really, it's the Henderson Cabin. They do a great day. Great job. Five days straight talking about the Masters. You got to check it out. A lot of fun. You can watch it. It's on YouTube right now. The 19th hole. Two podcasts. Spencer Maddox, Travis Dunn. Episode 115 was released yesterday of the Hot Grits podcast. Go check it out. They took all sports, and it's it's a lot of fun. A little doltish, but you'll enjoy it. And, of course, yours truly, the fifth show, the Who's on First Base baseball podcast with the coach, called Demasi and Kyle Lawson. All right, inning number two, the Braves. The Braves, what are we going to do with the Braves? I don't know, but as you know, Brian Snicker says he doesn't look at he doesn't look at the newspaper. He doesn't get into the media stuff. He, he doesn't, doesn't wait to see till till July. So, but we know people are panicking. I mean, uh, like today, Mr. Jansen blows his first serve, first save. What 26, 26 tries? Yeah, I mean, he goes out there, a guy that has been the absolute personification of steady, of course, with these years with the Dodgers. He blows it. The Braves lose a tough one, 12 to 11, after getting off to a great start with a couple of home runs, back to back jacks, I might add, uh, from, um, you know, um, Marcelo Zuna and Austin Riley to go up four to nothing. Um, but the Brew Crew battled their way back to take the series, and the Braves now sit themselves uh, in fourth place at. 17 and 21. Um, and, you know, I was trying to look at some positive things, but let's focus on the issues at hand. Adam Duvall, Dansby Swanson, and Marcelo Zuna, despite that three-run bomb today, they need to bounce back. We need that because, quite frankly, our pitching has not been carrying us um, really as far as we can throw it. Charlie Morton needs to continue to deliver. He needs to keep building on these starts. Um, you know, I've seen some, you know, good things from young, young Mr. Tucker out there. Um, you know, he has thrown a few really solid starts along with, of course, you know, Ian Anderson. But that's the problem. I mean, they have not been able to deliver timely offense. And I mean, that's really got them right now. A team that is loaded with guys that can hit the ball all over the park. They have really struggled. And I mean, they've gone five and five in their last. 10, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. They won a good one last night. Today was a tough one. And, um, you know, um, you got to also look at you lose, uh, you know, Tyler Matzik, you know, one of their, you know, one of their big four out of the bullpen. And, um, you know, they're going to have to, you know, find some depth there. One guy that I think is going to help a little bit, and that's Spencer Strider, who got a little bit of a cup of coffee last year. Uh, he's going to help. He's a guy that can go deep. He's a swing man. He can start if you need him to. Right now, the former fourth-round pick, I think you're going to see him come out of the bullpen, and he can give you some multiple innings. So that's one bright spot. But really what they need is steady starting pitching, and you need the guys that know they can hit to get up and do it. Forget about you know winning the series last year. Don't act like you're snake bit. Get healthy. Get back out there swinging the bat. Well, you know, I, I found a statistic today. Going in today's game, okay, I, how, the Braves have what one one or two series the whole season so far? Yeah, up and down, pretty much every series only really clinched two. And deciding games, they've played eight deciding games to win series. They're two and six. Two and six. That's very telling when you can't win the rubber game. 
And that's 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 been their big problem. They can't get over the hump. Uh, they'll they'll take they'll, they'll play with the best. Team. I mean, pretty tough schedule when you got to go back to back with the Padres, the Brewers, the Padres, and the Brewers again. It's a pretty yeah. tough schedule. It is, and you're in a really hot part of it right now. I mean, if you can find a way to take a series here and there and get yourself healthy, get yourself right, coming off the World Series hangover, whether that's a real thing or not, we'll never know. But you're seeing a lot of it right now of a team that's basically composed of the same parts from last season outside of, of course, Matt Olson. Well, they just can't seem to put it together. I mean, Olson, Olson started red hot. He's, he's dropped down to 255. I mean, Swanson is starting the finest stroke, uh, Lieutenant Dan. So, you know, they're coming in. Uh, they're trying to find their pieces. They're finding themselves in bits find and pieces. The brew. And they can't, yeah. they, can't, they can't find the right combination, the right brew to, to get over the hump. Yeah, and I mean, once again, I mean, I know it's early, but yeah, it is frustrating because you see the talent on that ball club. Let's hope they can turn it around. They get some big series coming up uh, over the weekend, and you know, let's just hope for the best. It's too early for me to you know wave any kind of a white flag here, but it's been frustrating to watch the Braves. I mean, you know, they're going to come up uh, this weekend with the fish, right? They'll be going down to Miami. Three games set against a team that is only a little bit ahead of them, but quite frankly, not as talented as them. They really need to go out there and try to take two out of three if they can. That'd be a big statement. Get things back on the right track. Let's see if they can do it uh, starting on uh, – yeah, starting yeah, start tomorrow. Tomorrow they, they go down to Miami, you know. Everything's better in Miami, right? I suppose so. Never been there. So – and then they come home, and then they'll play four against the Phillies and then three against the Marlins again. So this weekend they're three in, they're three in Miami, taking on the Marlins. Then they go yep. one, two, three, four, four with the Phillies, and then uh, three with the uh, Marlins. They don't have oh man, oh man, they don't have they don't have a day off in uh, like fifteen days. Yeah, I mean they they are gonna uh, you know they're gonna hit the road. You're gonna have they a get a break tomorrow. They yeah they finally get a break. Yeah, they do get a break tomorrow. That's right. It's a weekend series, so they do get that sandwiched in there with that series against the Fish. But also, you think about it, the importance of divisional games. The Phillies are having a really rough time right now. The Marlins are in no way better on paper than the Braves right now. That's been proven. So they really need to go out and just try to find themselves. Go out there and have some fun. One positive thing I did like in yesterday's game, Ronald Acuna didn't get it done with his power. He was, But he's healthy. You can see him running again. Went one for three. He had two walks, but he also had a stolen base. And he missed the last five games a little bit of groin tightness right there. So just to, just you take the positive thing, you know, the your beacon of light right there, Mr. Acuna Jr. getting back out there and uh, looking to be a little bit healthy right now. You know, hopefully that can, you know, spark some kind of change in the clubhouse. All right, so don't panic yet, Braves fans. They're still in the thick of things. They got the Marlins and the Phillies coming up. So it could be what the doctor ordered. We'll see. So that's inning number two in the books, okay, chopping on the Braves. And, you know, hopefully they'll find their pitching. They'll find their uh, cohesiveness. The, they'll find a cup of java that brews very nicely together, and we'll see what they'll uh, wind up doing. See what they put All in right. <laughs> You got it. You're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast with the coach, Carl Damasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson, all part of the Coach's Corner Network. At the third inning, we always peel the bananas – what's happening in banana land. And then we talk about the local guys. I don't know if we're going to get to the local guys tonight because we got a special guest. That's right. We're going to peel the bananas with the man himself, 
chomping on that banana, the shark, the shark behind the mic. No better way than to talk about the bananas with the man that's been the voice of the stadium. I'm pretty sure that he's going into his seventh year. And that's, of yep. course, the man himself, Mark Edis, the shark. Well, shark, how's it going? What's up, fellas? Hey, good. shark, good to see you, buddy. It's good right. to be seen. Before we kick it in off, shark, don't get upset with me, but people... If you're going to be listening to the podcast, you got to listen to the announcer and yeah. you got to watch what this man did. It's a throwback Thursday, a day early for oh, what no. the Shark did. The best thing in baseball. I think baseball games should start this way before the national anthem. And it's the bananas. They should be doing this, but they didn't take his little, uh, his little. We're all going to sing the anthem together at the Hague. So Shark, let's kick us off. Let's all sing 3,500 strong. Here we go, Shark. And a one, and a two, a one, two, three, four. Take me out to the ball game. National Anthem Shark. Oh, say can you see? <laughs> And that was the shark pulling the shark trick. Hey, let's sing, take me out to the ball. No, no, no. Oh, say, can you see? Shark, that's classic, shark. That is classic. I appreciate you bringing that up again. The funny thing is, first of all, Jesse just has his new book come out yesterday. And I found out I'm in the book. And it's talking about my little mobile experience with the uh, the take me out to the ball <laughs> national anthem. Um, so fun fact, on this tour, I wanted to do it on purpose this time. Um, and they're like, nah, because now we have some special things happening and I didn't want to do that in front of the, the new crowd and all that. But, uh, yeah, that will, that will live in infamy forever. And like I said, that was a lot of people thought I did that on purpose that time last year. I did not, that was totally a screw up on my part. And because we're the bananas, we do weird things. That's why people thought I, it was a, a planned thing, but no, nah, man, I was, I couldn't get lower in my chair than I was. Pico, I told you the story. We were right next to each other in the broadcast booth at that time. And when I started counting up or whatever, one, two, three, four, he knew I was going to sing it. I was like, why didn't you tell me to not do that? Uh, but, it, but it turned out so darn amazing, man. Like, it's just one of those moments. I put, if I tried to do it on purpose, I couldn't have done it as perfect as it ended up there. It was, it was one of the best mistakes that I've ever made, if that makes any sense. It was so great. Well, well, baseball fanatic, how would you take that? You know what? You got to roll with it. Is you know somebody who's you know been broadcasting for a long time too. You just own it, and that makes it more fun if you can be self-deprecating about it. Go out there and have a good time, and especially with the bananas, it's all about having fun, bringing the fans in, having a good time right there. And I mean, I mean, I you look back on that, and it's nothing but a good memory. Everybody remembers that. They have a chuckle about it. And it just goes into bananas lore. Absolutely right. That was it, was, it was a lot of fun to, you know, as much as it was embarrassing on my part, because I pride myself on making sure everything's clean and cool and just rolling. And then for that to happen, but the way it happened with the amount of people, with the group of people that it happened with and Biko being right next to me that one time, it was the first time we'd been <laughs> in a booth doing our thing. Uh, it was so great because the look on his face was priceless and I could not get smaller. I'm a big guy. I, it felt like that big. It was bad. Oh, it, it, it was classic. And when you put that up on the uh, social media thing yesterday, I said, hey, if I can get shock on, we got to start with this because it's a classic. And it's a typical it's a typical Savannah banana stunt or or or, or uh, um, 
uh, what a, a moment that gets the people into it. It was, really, and I'm telling you right now, if you listen to them, they all start singing with you. But it was, you know, after the ball yeah. game, normal. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It's expected. And the fact that I love already that it's like we got throwback moments in bananas history. I mean, yes. you know, you look at the short history of it, and you go back and like that's a gem. You can archive that stuff. Little yeah, it's, you know, little sports I, century action going on there. <laughs> yeah, crazy thing to me, Kyle and and, and Carl is the the uh, during this group of tourist uh, cities that we visited, um, the amount of people that rolled into line at the ballpark with the bananas gear on already. And stuff in hand, like I thought, lot like Mobile had a lot of people in line with the gear on. Every single city we showed up in this year was like double and triple that. I was blown away by it, and what the bananas have become from the time I, you know, we started in 2016 to what they are now, I could have never in a million years uh, thought we'd be where we'd be. But with the guys in charge and Jesse at the helm, I'm not surprised a little bit. So, all right, so we, we want to recap. This worldwide tour, the Banana World Tour, I mean, you went from Savannah to Daytona to Montgomery to West Palm Beach to Columbus to Birmingham and to Kansas City. I mean, tell us tell us the, 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 the amount of effort that went into moving this whole shtick oh from historic Grayson Stadium to all these different stadiums. Well, you know, thanks for bringing that up. And, and I had a really, you know, luckily I didn't have to do any of the, the heavy lifting per se. I mean, we're talking about Bico and and Kurt and our office staff driving the, the the big rental truck around with everything, each city, you know, leaving days earlier and getting everything set up. So like the merch team and, you know, again, Biko and Kurt for driving the, the, the big Hertz rental car to the Penske with our stuff, uh, you know, from, I mean, everybody made, everybody was necessary to make it work, but those guys who did the merch stuff and delivered everything, getting things set up to the, to the stadiums when we get there. I mean, Thankfully, I just had to show up, and I mean, I, I work my off to do what I got to do and make sure the games go well and prep and all my stuff, but the real heavy lifting was done by everybody at the stadiums, you know, at 8 in the morning when we get there uh, to have everything ready to go, and so people can get the merch, and people are ready to go and get in the park, so I mean, it took a humongous effort, and it was just amazing how smooth everything went. I can't think off the top of my head about anything that, that happened that was a, a detriment during the tour, anything that bad happened, everything ran like clockwork, like they were our own parks. It was pretty, pretty impressive. And, and I get there on, you know, the day before and, and prep and, and talk to Zach and get the show ready and get everything in my computer, all the millions of sound bites that I have to get ready and move around. And um, it was, it was, it was a great experience. And I just, from what I'm hearing about next year, and I can't obviously, <laughs> holy mackerel, I might have to get a new job. My boss might <laughs> All this time off, but oh my um, gosh, I'll tell you. So, so we started in uh, obviously in Savannah, and those crowds are always bananas. Sorry, had to go there. And then Daytona Beach, like the Tortugas. Um, yeah. from what I hear, we you know, this is a lot of the things you're going to hear me say is going to be this they're big one of the biggest crowds they've ever had in their building, wow. which is blow is mind blowing at the same time because they've got major league players coming up in their system to oh. go on. It's amazing to me. So Daytona was great. The booth. So Biko and I shared a booth on that trip. And that booth was about, like, if I'm looking at my screen where we are here, it's that's tiny. how close it felt to Biko. It was tiny. And I'm not a small man, so I need some space. <laughs> um, but Daytona was great. The crowds were there were great. Montgomery, Alabama, great setup. Uh, the ballpark, very unassuming. I don't know if you've seen pictures or if you've been to it. Um, the ballpark there, it's, it's an old train station. 
So the outside does not look like a ballpark at all. It was, a, it was real. That's probably one of the coolest cities we've been at as far as where the ballpark is and the uh, the tailgating area and all that. That was great crowd there. Great West Palm Beach, as you know, is the Nationals and Astros home for their spring training. That was the best. You know, if I'm going by like you know standards of press boxes, that's a major league press box. That was really oh, cool. The, the amenities are off the chart. Um, the, yeah, so 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 picture this. So we we get um, we're following a major league game, and then we're playing before a major league game, Friday and Saturday, respectively. Wow. Uh, as walk as we're walking out of the locker room to head to where, where I was going up to the press box, Don Mattingly's just holding court going to <laughs> after their game. I'm like, "What's up, Mister Mattingly?" He shook his hand, and uh, and and then you know, as you know, Pete Rose or Pete Rose, uh, Johnny Bench was Johnny there. Bench. Next oh, game. I couldn't believe it. What the heck, man? The best yeah. catch for breathe and put a good yes. pick up play is like right here with us. Um, it was pretty amazing in West Palm. The the crowds were the crowds were amazing. That was the biggest crowd we played up, you know, played to that to that point. Columbus, Georgia showed out. They were great. That field was um, very um, uh, intimate, very intimate setting, and and everybody was loud. And we put on a show there. But then uh, Birmingham um, is the first stadium that we've done a tour in. Uh, that I walked in through the outfield gates and got chills. Uh, you walk in and it's and it's like the big light stanchions that don't work. That's a huge <laughs> old ballpark. So we had to play a five o'clock game because the lights they didn't have lights. Oh. Play a five o'clock game. Um, so you walk in and it's just it was I thought like Field of Dreams. I thought of uh, uh, the Natural. You know where Redford yeah. hits the. It was just it was just so like it was just so large. The stadium just gave me. So many great that's where they filmed 42 and yep and so, right. a couple others it was just one of the, that's the first stadium i walked in it was just like wow this is amazing um and the, another fun fact about that park they had no sound <laughs> so we had to hire a sound company to literally give sound for ten thousand people this place was I mean, all the way down the lines it was pretty <laughs> you know behind the grandstands and all that but they the seats went all the way down the lines uh, to left field where the wall is, but to right field, it curved in like Tiger Stadium, if you can think of that, the old Tiger Stadium. Exactly. So just figure all these fans in the ballpark all the way down the right field line in the outfield filled to the gills. It was, wow. it was, and I didn't have a press box. I mean, there was a press box there, but I, I got set up right down behind home plate in front of everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Uh, it was the, mo- it was, it was the best sound. First of all, it's the best sound I've ever worked with. I was, Luckily, they didn't give me control of the sound. They had somebody on an iPad doing all the fancy <laughs> mics, but I would have jammed it. The, the place sounded so great, but the crowd there was incredible. Like, talk about, you know, when I when I got moved down to the Shark Tank where I can be amongst the crowd. This was on like this was like on steroids, like that. It was just. Wow. I had an old timey microphone, like the old Elvis mic. Like it was just one of those things. Where I was like, this is this is not really happening. This was. And I like the fact that everybody got to see what I'm doing when I'm doing it. No. That was cool too. I want more of that. I love people being able to see what I'm doing, like a behind the scenes type of deal. Um, so that was great. And then of course, Kansas city comes up and just when we think, you know, Birmingham to me was the best crowd up until then. Kansas city monarchs, like they got major leaguers on their squad. Pete Cosma, former Cardinal, Matt Adams, former Cardinal, big city, Vlad Guerrero's nephew, Gabby Guerrero, who was hitting tanks and batting practice. Like it was just, <laughs> Um, Matt Adams, the big like his arms are the size of Huge. my thigh. That dude is massive. Panic. But he's a teddy bear. Like he is oh. such 
guy. And he, from the, from the second we got there and started teaching them the dances and the way in stuff, bought into it like crazy. Like he was a member, like he, we left there and, and they, if you follow the Kansas city monarchs on Twitter and, and Instagram, yeah. they're all giving major props to us. And it was really great that they bought into everything we did from the jump. So um, a lot of goes into that, you know, those guys are, and we're talking about Matt Adams, a nine year major league player, Pete yeah. Cosmo, big major league guy. And to ask these guys to, to get out there and shake their butts and, and to do things that <laughs> innings and, and regular games, like, that takes a lot, I'm sure. And they, they you know, to a guy, uh, bought into it every jump, every step of the way. And if you're just tuning in, it's the Who's on Space Baseball podcast with Coach Carl Damasi and the baseball fanatic Kyle Lawson. And we're talking bananas with the man himself, shock behind the mic, Mark Edis. And he just gave us his breakdown of that world tour and uh, that's what i was interested to find out what each stadium was like mr kyle baseball fanatic you got anything to throw out the big man right there well i'll throw this out there because i was just overwhelmed by the former major league players and just legends that were a part of this tour that really bought in and um i mean talk can you tell me a little bit about did you have any interaction did you i mean you know i know you talked a little bit about matt adams and pete cosmo i mean did you get a chance to meet Johnny Bench? I mean, my gosh, that blew me away. So, so here's the deal. So Johnny, nobody really knew Johnny Bench was, and most of the time that we're not really surprised about much, but Johnny Bench was truly like, I found out and, and that stadium in West Palm, I'm up in the press box. I, I can't leave. I'm there. So I did not get to meet Johnny Bench. And I'm a little sad about that, but at the same, at the same time, um, yeah, he was a surprise to a lot of people. That happened pretty – that came together pretty much last minute. And, again, the, um, coach first base for us, and he's in the dugout taking pictures with these guys. Just – I appreciate, and I'm, uh, you know, through through the players and through the guys that we have in the squad, um, pretty darn cool experience for them. And just to be a part of all of that is amazing. Um, but, you know, talk about Johnny Gomes, who played – you know, former major leaguer. He played on our, yes. He played for us in, in Kansas City and Connecticut nicer. He came in. Uh, his entrance was uh, the I am a real American. <laughs> and he came from right field and uh, Professor, our on-field announcer, he brought him in while he's running in with the American flag and Hulk Hogan themes playing. I got that going and it's just a classic. Was, and Johnny Gomes won a World Series in KC. So those, those fans. Yes, he did. 2015. Yeah. Uh, Eric Burns, you know, our manager, he, he got it. He pinched hit oh. for one of the players and came and hit and one game he struck out to end the game, and the other game he got a hit to get a game closer. Like, it was just – it's pretty – so, and a funny story about uh, Eric Burns. When I was uh, – my very first PA gig for the Stockton Ports back in 1999, he was playing for the Oakland A's, for the Desto A's, and I announced him play, like, his, one of his first professional games. And he uh, liked to talk a little bit. He's a smack talker quite a bit. Yeah. Got our team at the Ports at the time, was in the bullpen talking trash, and Eric Burns, after the inning was over – ran over and started a fight with the, the whole bullpen. Like, <laughs> he thought it was great. Classic. Yeah. he's But Eric Burns, super intense guy. Kowalski, one of his best buds and coaches. Um, yeah. The, it's pretty cool to be able to chop it up with ex-major leaguers. And we're at this point now where we're just having some fun together. Uh, Bill the Spaceman Lee. Holy yeah. crazy. In a Love good him. way. Like Love that him. guy. Oh my gosh! So, so the uh, the new video they released today. I don't know if you saw the bananas Facebook page, or Not it's on as well. But the video where he's on the mound and I'm playing the uh, "I Wanna Be a Spaceman" that, and he's on the 
that was that was very last minute. I I played uh, twenty one a space odyssey to bring him in, and Jesse announces him because Jesse's a huge Sox fan, so he was like pumped out. And it's on okay. he's on our team. But then I'm in my ear. I got Zach Mayer saying, "Hey, play the spaceman song." I was like, "I gotta find it." Wasn't ready to go. Wasn't planning to do it. I found it. I played it, and it was just that was an organic moment that Bill's on the mound. He hears his song, I Want to Be a Spaceman by Harry Nelson, and he's just starting to pump up the crowd a little bit. <laughs> that was one of the organic moments, and the crowd got into it, and then he proceeded to throw a ball that they got a fly ball in the last out of the inning. Like some of the coolest things ever. And he and his wife are the sweetest people. And like I said, I'm just kind of, I'm still, I'm still kind of coming down from the high that was that tour, but Kansas City was crazy. And we've got one more, uh, you know, got one more banana ball game coming up Tuesday night. It's going to be uh, bananas uh, from our world tour team. What's left? I know some guys had to take off. Um, so guys there and then guys that are coming for the summer are going to be playing against them nice. playing ball. So a uh, chance to meet some of the new guys, um, you know, lots of work to get walk-up songs for all these guys, which is awesome. I've been blowing up their phone. Sorry, sorry about you. It's 7 a.m. Need a walk-up song. For <laughs> but they understand. Um, and I got to shout out the dancing umpire, Vincent Chapman. Another another oh. very curated part of, of the tour is the new people that we've involved in our, in our organization and in the friends that we've made, right? So Vincent met him for the first time when we had the auditions for the players and for the tryouts. Um, of course, he was already on the team. He was doing the umping and everything. But the friendships that we've made is a very underrated part of all this happening. The guys that uh, are on the team now, the uh, rodeo clown pitcher, Matt Wolf. I mean, you see a video today. Yes. He's out his, in his, uh, in his uh, what do you call those things? His uh, Suspenders? Yeah, those. Where he goes on the mound and he, and he comes set and the suspenders fall down. He's in his skivvies and throws the pitch. Like, it's just, it's the funniest thing. You got to be so, like, out there to put yourself out there like that. Uh, so he's great. You know, he pitched um, in a game and then his wife, Megan pitched in Columbus. He yes, caught he her. That was the first time. So that was great. Uh, the Dakota, the stilts, all Britain. He's on the stilts pitching, throwing like 84 miles an hour. That was awesome. Um, and Maceo. I don't know what to say about Maceo anymore. Cause I just sit there. I, I go all the time. I just sit there and I hit his song for him to do his thing at first base. And I just watch and get lost in it. It's the coolest thing for me just go off yeah well it really is it, 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 it's it, it's it's a spectacular event uh i can't wait to see what goes on this summer because you know jesse and the whole crew's always got something there they're always one step of what everybody else is thinking they're going to do so it's going to be a lot of fun and uh you know what and i, I know you're a humble guy but you know what I give you credit because you started this six years ago when you came in there and with your choices of songs and what you were doing, blew that place up. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of a lot of little skits going on anything else, but it's the music, it's the, the, the timing that you get right in there with them. I, I I'll be honest with you. I think if you didn't come back this year because we had a long talk in the in the Shark Tank one night, yeah. I don't know how they would get someone to do what you do. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And and the truth is, and I've told Jesse the whole time, you know, I can't imagine not, I can't imagine there being anybody else doing it. Honestly, I can't. Um, and I got, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention thank you very much to my wife and my sons and my oh, daughter. Yeah. Without the family's uh, blessing, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing too. That takes a lot, uh, you know, my, a, a lot of time away from the family. Luckily, they traveled the entire time, my wife and my youngest. Oh, that's great. Nice. Time, that made it so much better. And um, and, and, you know, the bananas make it happen for me too. So I'm so, I'm very happy that, uh, number one to be back, but 
to be able to share this experience and, and take trips and little vacations, if you will, albeit not a lot of time away from the ballpark and doing banana stuff. But it, just to be together means a whole lot. And and now we got one more game, and then the regular season starts, and a whole other three months. It's like just go, go, go. But some of the things we got coming up are going to be amazing. Well, Shawk, I know you can't tell tell us. I know I appreciate you doing this. I know you're an early guy like I am. You do a yeah. great job. And uh, I love listening to you on that uh, SSI station too. So I am following you. Not creeping you, but I am following you. And there's, nothing, there's nothing like <laughs> the radio. Yeah, I love what I do. You can listen to my station, 927SSI.com. Just hit the play button. Sorry. I do. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. I can't wait to see you guys real soon at the park. We'll see you, Mark. Sorry. Sorry. Not Mark. It's the shark. Who, who are you talking to? Okay. I appreciate he it. He's the shark. <laughs> Sorry. I did my inner Carl impression right there. Huh? But, hey, Mark, it's uh, – I just did it too. Oh, my gosh. Shark, <laughs> love you, man. Uh, cannot wait to come out to Grayson. I can't wait to see what you have in store for us. But really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, just – I. I mean, you pretty much answered everything I was going to ask anyway. But, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable tour, and this is going to be a lot of fun. And let's defend that Pettit Cup this, this year. Let's get back oh. at it. Wait. Oh, yeah, there's a there's a rumor that I'm getting some bling. I can't wait for that. Oh, <laughs> might be getting a little hardware, eh? No, I can't wait. Oh, so you, cool. deser you deserve it, buddy. You deserve it. You do. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you guys very much, and keep up the great work on your end as well. You guys are awesome. And for a Jersey guy, you're pretty good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Talk to you later. <laughs> tell Rocky I hello. I will. I'll tell Bill that I and the shark. We got to oh. get together one day. You come in early. I'll take you for lunch there. Let's do it. Sounds good. I'm coming. You got it. Philly cheesesteak out of the world. I like the pork roll, man. I want the pork roll and yeah, the pork roll is good too. Taylor okay. Ham action on the Kaiser. Yes, on the Kaiser roll. On the Kaiser roll. So, <laughs> all right. You're making a summer here. We'll talk to you. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Uh, I mean. The shark. I mean, oh. he's unbelievable. And I'm really serious, Kyle. He makes that place come alive. Yeah, we yeah. got all the songs. We got all the dance. We got sorry. We got all the dances. We got all the stuff going on. But if it wasn't his timely uh, expertise of playing the right song, like he said, you know, I don't know if it'd be that good. And you know, he almost wasn't coming back. And uh, that would have been, I think, a big loss for the bananas. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's the heartbeat up in that press box right now. He keeps the action going up there. And, I mean, he just makes the game that much more fun for the players, the fans, everybody involved. I mean, everybody that comes out to grace and knows about the Shark and what great, you know, what a big part of the whole, the whole show that is the Bananas. And, I mean, I'm so glad we got him on here because I wanted to hear a little bit how the sausage was made, you know, on this great <laughs> world tour. I mean, hey, you think about it. I mean, that's a lot of work. And I mean, oh, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, you're traveling to different cities. But I mean, all the benefits you get from that, you get to see former major league players. I mean, you get to see something new a little bit every night. And I mean, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, hey, one more banana ball game coming up here on the 24th. And we get back to the CPL season as it starts. Another great three months of college summer baseball and another chance to defend a Pettit Cup. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And man, I'm just so glad we had him on tonight. And if I don't, I, I don't know if I read this right. Okay, but they are completely sold out. They sold out, from what I hear, within four hours of the tickets going on sale for the season. I'm amazed it took that long. I figured the way things have been going right now. I mean, you you look at the the the, the reach of the bananas right now. I'm right. amazed that they didn't sell out within the hour. So hey, that's great. 
if you get a chance to get out there and see yourself a banana game, if you haven't done and had the experience, you're going to have a ball. It's got a little bit of something for everybody. I'm in West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, watching my son play in Atlantic Independent. Happy birthday, by the way, Dom. (laughs) Yes, today's his birthday. I'm in in Charleston, West Virginia, in Appalachian Park, Power Park, okay? The Appalachian Power Park. And I got my banana shirt on because that's what the road trip was. We pulled up there, right? And right away, someone walks up to you. You know the Savannah Bananas? I said, I live there. Can we get tickets? We want to make – uh, Marshall, Marshall University he said they live by Marshall University. We'd love to come down and get tickets. I said, I don't know if you're going to be able to get one. It's an unbelievable show. Is it as good as they say it is? I said, it's off the chart. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's, it's, it's you got to see it to believe it. I really right. believe that you have you really to see do. it to believe it. Well, once again, got to thank, uh, the shark, Mark Edis, uh, coming on and you can still hear the shark every morning on 92.7 SSI. He's there every morning. He plays my favorite song. Radio Gaga, that's what I grew up with. I grew up with a transistor radio, so I know what it's all about. But he does you a great it. job. Can't wait to see him next Tuesday night and, uh, you know, get the feel of what goes on in historic recent state. Absolutely, Coach. All right, now it's time to go to inning number four. We're way behind, but, you know, it was worth it. Anytime yeah. you get to talk to the shark and great. talk banana ball, it's worth it. So it's trivia time. You're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball podcast with the coach. Paul Demasi and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. Inning number four, he leads the series this year. Three games, three wins, to my two wins, and one tie. All right, so I went first last week. You're going first this week. Here is number one. Question number one, we play two innings. One question each inning for each of us. We go to a tiebreaker if it's a tie. Okay, unbelievable the other night. The 2022 season has two no-hitting games in just over the first month. But can you believe pitching a no-hitter and losing? Reds rookie Hunter Green and relief pitcher Art Warren combined to throw a no-hitter for the Reds on May 15th, and they lose! (laughs) Unreal. Unreal. All right, so that's my my theme that tonight is, let's go find the wackiest wackiest things that's ever had in baseball. All right, first question. All right. Who broke up 81 no-hitters with a home run? 81 no-hitters. Oh, uh, Ricky Henderson. There you go. I knew you'd get it. Ah, I don't know why 81 went with me, but okay, that is a good one. By virtue of 81 leadoff home runs, which occurred when the opposing pitchers started the game, Ricky Henderson broke up the no-hitters. Yep. I'll give you You that. You are right on the money. That's what you deserve. That's what you deserve. So you're up one nothing. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So speaking about, and I just, you look at the crazy stat of uh, the Cincinnati Reds finding a way to lose that game despite Hunter Green. By the way, that kid's going to be really special if he can. Oh, yeah. He is special. Oh, man. He's got the heat. Let me tell you. I've watched him. I've watched him. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. But I had to dig back and let and look a little bit. Can you name me the last team to be no hit and win prior to the other night? Well, there was two this year. No, no. As far as, no, a no-hitter. Okay, so the Reds tossed a no-hitter and lost. Right. Can you name me the last time that happened and who won the game? Okay. This has happened a few times. I'm confused. A pitcher has tossed a no-hitter and their team has lost. Oh, it's happened a lot more. It's happened a lot. It's happened a fair amount of times, but – 
Can you name me the last time it happened? Can you name me the team that did it? I'll 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 leave it at that. No, I I, I mean no, it, it, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna strike out on this one. I'm gonna whiff on this one because I have okay. no clue. Well, honestly, this one surprised me a little bit too. I'm digging back because, of course, I always think of the uh, Yankees versus the White Sox as the Andy Hawkins game, and um, of course, the White Sox ended up winning that. The Dodgers were no hit by Jared Weaver in a combined no hitter and still won the game one to nothing, and that went back in 2008. So there you go. Now nah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come up with that one. I remember it now that you say it, but yeah. I wouldn't have come up with that. All right, so it's one nothing after the first inning. Okay, second inning. Okay, can you name the player that had the same batting average for four straight seasons? And what was that batting average? Oh my gosh. Tell me that's not a strange one. Oh man, that is a wild question right there. And I can't even tell if it is a perennial, you know, all-star or a Mendoza line guy. I think he was pretty famous. Oh boy. Let's go with Ty Cobb. Chris Davis. Batted 247 in 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018. Wow. Three seasons with the three seasons with the Oakland A's, right? You know Chris Davis. Yes, and of course. One season for the Brew Crew. Yeah, that's and, right. KH Chris. Wow. Right. Man. And the, the funny thing is, what's even more impressive in 2014, he batted 244. <laughs> oh. Well, bully for you. You got you got one extra hit. That is crazy. I, I didn't believe it when I had to read it five times. I had to go to his uh, the Major League Baseball reference page to look at it. Oh, the yeah. cube. I mean, it's just crazy. So that, that's look, just silly. I never that was a good one. So I'm sticking with the no hit theme. Can you name me the team that has been no hit the least in Major League Baseball? Of the, the least, three teams. The least. Yeah. Wow. I can't lie to you. That was one of the questions I looked up. Kansas City. Yep, that's a very good one. I can't. I looked it up. All oh. right. So now it's a tiebreaker. Okay. What you got? Okay. By uh, going by no hitters, we'll stay with the no hit theme. Can you name the teams, the two teams that were no hit the most? They were the team that took, uh, you know, had the most no hit losses. No, most no hit loss. They didn't get any hits. Yeah, they lost. Oh They've my been, gosh! How many times have been? How many times have they been no hitted? And there's two teams that have tied for that record. Yeah, not the team that has thrown the most. The team that has right. been no hit the most. Right. Oh, geez. Uh, I'm smelling a big old tie on this one. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Um, I, I mean, I can give you the teams that have the most no hitters, but we're not doing that. No. Uh, let's go with uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. All right. That's one. And, oh. It's going to drive me nuts. This one This one is the crazy one. <laughs> you got the Phillies. Connie Mack, he just couldn't do anything right. Oh, no. You're talking about the Phillies, not the A's. Well, the Phillies, but, you know, Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia. Okay, so the Phillies won. Uh, Yankees. Nope. Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh my gosh, that was my. They second both. Pass. You they got both. Have, 
They both have been hit 20 times. No hit 20 times. But this is the, this is the one I feel bad for you. Because when we say the Los Angeles Dodgers, you got to talk about the Brooklyn Atlantics, the Brooklyn Grays, the Brooklyn Bridegrooms, the Brooklyn Grooms, the Brooklyn Superbs, the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers, the Brooklyn Robins, and Robin. then finally the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, so you go back there, and I was – okay, so I went with a similar theme thinking, okay, because my team has been around that long. Right. No matter how dominant they've been, they probably had to be no hit a lot. That's right. my second guess. So you got me, Coach. I feel like uh, that uh, – well, I still got to get my question here, buddy, in the tiebreaker. Okay. Now, I always like to throw in one little bit of Yankee trivia just to mess with you. See if you're on your toes. So I got Go this one. Can you name me the last Yankee to lead the American League in earned run average? Yankees, Yankee with the lowest earned run average. The last Yankee to do that. I was debating on whether or not to do this. So, I mean, but there's been so many great Yankee pictures. Yeah. But the answer might surprise you. So it can't include this year, can it? <laughs> Hard no. Uh, boy, oh boy. You know, you, you have so many. Yeah, I mean, Whitey Ford, uh, I mean. We can go on and on. Uh, Ron Guidry, I mean, Roger Clemens, uh, Mel Stottlemyre, I mean, uh, Don Larson. Uh, there's been so many Yankees that have been, have gotten spotlight. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to go with the the, 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 the the chief of the board, Whitey Ford. I have no idea. Nope. Believe it or not, this is a 1980, a non-playoff year, Rudy May. Rudy May. Who the heck is Rudy May? Yeah. He <laughs> led the AL. Yeah. What was what was his record? I didn't even look it up. I just saw the name and I was like, if he can get this, good on him. I'm looking it up right now. We got we got the computer right here. All right. Rudy May played for the Yankees. Okay. Uh baseball reference. And what year was it, 1980? Yep. I was not alive, sir. 2.46 ERA, that's the lowest the Yankees ever had? Wow. No, he was just the last Yankee. The last Yankee, okay. Yeah. To, lead the, to, lead the, to lead the major leagues. To lead the AL. Right. All right, now I would have got it. So we're tied. So you have three wins. I got two wins. We got two ties. I mean, what are you going to do? But that was a lot of fun tonight. Uh, oh, great uh, you know, stuff. It went, it, I can't believe we went as long as we did. But once again, it's always a lot of fun. Remember, it's the Who's on First Base baseball podcast with the coach, Carl Demasi and Kyle Lawson. It's all presented by, of course, on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. And what do we got this Saturday night in the Soundgarden, buddy? Oh, boy, if you are a fan of Crosby, Stills, and Nash and a little bit of Neil Young solo, come out and check out Harvest Moon out there in the Soundgarden. Tickets are on Eventbrite. You're going to love it. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., 25 to 35 bucks. Check it out. It's going to be packed. It's always packed on a Saturday night. Remember, it's all sports, all food, all music, all fun since 1991. So, all right, we got to get out of here. So whatever you may be doing today or tomorrow, what are we going to do? Always hit it out of the park. And until next week when we speak to you again, make it your best week ever. 
All right, I'm not going to go out on any, uh, you know, sad notes of part of the news. We're going to go out here happy because we had the shock. We we split the bananas here tonight. Great show, Fanatic. I'll talk to you next week. Keep going crazy. I know you want to get to the tube because the Pirates are playing the Cubs. You know it, Coach. Great show, action-packed episode. A little bit of extra for you fans of this show. Come out and check it out. We'll have it up shortly. You have a great week now. Talk to you guys later. Thank you.